One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees, promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Be Careful Out There. I'm Chris. And I'm Kelsey. And today I have an interesting story for you. So this isn't your typical horror story, but it's definitely um, a real nightmare if you were the one to live through it. Yeah, I'm really curious because you've been dropping hints the last couple of days, and I just want to find out what this is. (laughs) Like, this is just so interesting. So it is the nightmarish carnival poop cruise uh, some people refer to it as the poop cruise from hell. Oh my god! Okay, so this kind of reminds me of like back in 2020, with all the cruises like being put on lockdown, like in the middle of it, like and people just having to stay and be really sick. <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of people locked down with COVID. Yeah, like when you said nightmare cruise, like that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> well, this one's pretty gross (laughs) um so yeah usually i start off by talking about like something weird that happened at work yesterday but actually yesterday was pretty pretty chill like i didn't really encounter that many bad drivers um one person ran a stop sign like as i was approaching a crosswalk and then as i was coming back across the crosswalk because i was like picking up an order another person almost ran it like as i was in the crosswalk and they slammed on their brakes the last second but honestly that was the worst thing i dealt with yesterday so yesterday was actually like a chill normal day and honestly portland drivers are the worst so i'm surprised that i really didn't encounter yeah, that many bad everybody drivers everybody was like on their best behavior yesterday <laughs> yeah it was like a surprisingly good day there wasn't a lot of traffic either yeah yeah, until like my last delivery of the day, there's there's a lot of traffic on that one. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was a nice chill day on the road, actually. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into this story. So our story begins in Galveston, Texas, on the morning of February 7th, 2013, as about 4,200 people, roughly 3,200 guests, and about 1,000 crew members began boarding Carnival's Triumph vessel to embark on a four-day voyage to Cozumel, Mexico. So a couple years ago, we went on a cruise. And like the first day is like super exciting because you're like ready to get on, especially because it was our first cruise. You're super excited to get on the ship. It's like a floating city. See what all's there. Everything's prepaid, all the food, all the drinks. Like it was super fun, super exciting. You were a little less excited. You were a bit stressed because you had just started your like new diet. I had just started like a really strict diet for health reasons, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm currently on now. And like, I love it. It makes me feel really good. But it was a little disappointing, like, going on vacation. This is a vacation that we had been planning for, like, years, I guess, at that point. And I was really looking forward to, like, the unlimited drink package (laughs) so I could just try a bunch of cocktails and also just eat whatever I wanted on the ship. 
And it did not go down like that at all. Yeah, it sucked because you had just started the diet. So it wasn't like you had been doing it for a while and got to where you were feeling healthy and felt like, oh, you could have a cheat week. It was like, no, you were just getting started. And like, that's the most crucial point. So you couldn't cheat on it at all, really. It was actually about three months into my diet. So I was feeling pretty good. The one thing that was just super stressful all the time was all the food that I couldn't have. Yeah, because that's one of the things you look forward to on a cruise is being able to try all the food because they have different buffets and things like that with like different cultures, kind of foods and like a bunch of things that you can try. Because when you go out to a restaurant, like you want to try something new, but you don't want to waste your money if you don't like it. And so one of the really nice things about like all the buffets and different kinds of foods they have on a cruise is you get to try a bunch of things and like learn whether you like it or not. So that way, the next time you do go out to a restaurant, you know if you want to spend money on it. Right. So like when we went to that Korean restaurant with my mom, like a couple months ago, that was super stressful. I probably spent about like 30 minutes deciding what I wanted to get. Yeah, you took so long to figure it out. And I was like, this looks good. I'm going to try this. And honestly, (laughs) what I picked was amazing. It was super spicy, but like it was amazing. It was making my nose run quite a bit, but it was good food. I couldn't eat it all though. Like they brought me this like big bowl and it was still like boiling in the bowl. It was amazing. Um, But I ate maybe a third of it. Maybe (laughs) not like probably a quarter like it was so much food (laughs) my mom and I both got shrimp fried rice (laughs) (laughs) yeah y'all were a little hesitant to try something new but they did bring us out to try yours yeah and they did bring out like some sides and stuff um and y'all did try all of those so I mean at least you did try something new and I will say I didn't like any of them oh I thought there was one of them that you liked everybody seemed to like what I got though what I got was like really good it was a bowl with like uh just a bunch of like pork like boiled in broth and then like a bunch of like veggies and stuff and it was like super spicy but it was really delicious and i'm so ready to go eat ramen again (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're a little off topic here but getting back into it um so for us the most stressful part of the cruise was actually the night right before we were supposed to fly out um because i had a passport And the easiest way to go on a cruise is to have a passport and a driver's license. That's the easiest way to do it. But you don't have to have a passport. Um, If it's like a round trip to the U.S., you can just use the birth certificate. So you had your birth certificate, but of course that has your maiden name on it. And then you had your driver's license, which has your new name on it. And so we didn't know if they would be able to like accept that with different names. So we called to ask the night before because (laughs) your passport had expired Um, And they were like, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. You just have to bring your marriage license. And we were like, okay, no problem. It should be locked in the safe, right? No, it was not in our safe at all. (laughs) I tore the apartment apart that night trying to look for it. We both did for like two hours. And then there was one giant bin. Like at this point, we're like two hours in. Like you're crying, thinking we're not going on vacation now. (laughs) You think that you've ruined the vacation. And there's this one bin. And I was like, if it is not in the safe, it has to be in that bin. And you had checked that bin twice already. And you didn't find it. And I went over there and I started looking through the bin. And within 10 seconds, I found it. And I knew that would happen. I knew it. Like I had just been looking too hard for too long and I was delirious and I was I I had a gut feeling that it was right in front of me somewhere I just needed like a fresh pair of eyes I needed your eyes to spot it yeah and you did. I had you came I had, through 
I had looked through the rest of the apartment. I had looked through everything else. That was the last thing that I had looked through. And I don't know why I waited for that to be the last thing. I guess because you immediately started checking it. But like my gut reaction was that it's going to be in that box if it's not in the safe. And I guess you got to it before me. And so I pushed that to last. But honestly, that should have been the second thing I checked. I know. But yeah, that was the most stressful part of our cruise. Um it gets a lot worse for these people. Let's just say that. And that was our own stupidity <laughs> because we didn't keep up with our own documents. So <laughs> our stress was on our uh, on ourselves. So the whole thing with the marriage license, right? And then so the next day we get up and we fly to Miami. All right. We have a night in Miami before the cruise the next day. Um, so we get up. We go to the cruise terminal. We get there. I present my passport and ID. You present your birth certificate and ID. We didn't initially hand them the marriage license. And I told him, I was like, oh yeah, I have our marriage license if you need to see that. And he goes, nope, we don't need to see that. You're good. <laughs> so we all that like, stress was thanks. for fucking nothing. <laughs> oh man. But at least we got to enjoy the rest of the cruise. Yeah, after that, With it no was problems. like stress. For if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, so like you said, the rest of the vacation was pretty stress-free. And one of the things that I like about cruises is that it's basically like a floating city. Like you get on board, there's no driving around, there's no getting Ubers or a Lyft or whatever, or a taxi. Um, maybe you take a bus if you do some shore excursions at some of your destinations, but you can basically prepay for everything. Everything's taken care of and you just get to relax. That's one of the things I like about cruising is because like when we do drive like eight hours a day and then when we go on vacation, I'm usually the one doing all the driving. So I like a vacation where I just don't really have to do anything and can just kind of chill and walk around on the boat. So that's one of the things that I like about cruising. Yeah, I recommend it to anyone who's like super stressed out and just wants to do like a whole lot of nothing. For like a week straight. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, our days mostly consisted of, you know, wake up, go get breakfast, go get in the hot tub. I was I had the unlimited drinks package. You didn't. I would sit there in the hot tub, drink three or four drinks. Then we'd go eat lunch, 
go like take a nap, go back out, get a couple drinks at the bar, go back to the hot tub, go eat dinner, go back to the hot tub, have some more drinks. Like it's just super chill. Like if you just want to do nothing for a week, a cruise is the way to go. And then they also have like all kinds of restaurants. Some are free. Some are extra money. But like there was a pizza shop that was free. There was a taco stand that was free. There was a milkshake and coffee bar place that was free. Like it was all included. And I love it. Oh, sorry. One more thing. Okay. For anyone who's going to do a cruise, this isn't free, but it's worth the money to get a massage. Oh, yes. That was like one of the best parts. And I couldn't drink, but I will admit I did get a little bit high off of the massage oil. Yeah, I don't know what they put in that massage oil, but we were buzzing. Like <laughs> it was as if we had like taken an edible. It like, felt like I don't the know ship how. was rocking harder. Yeah. Like you really felt like you're like moving with the waves. And most of the time, like you didn't really feel the ship moving that much because they're just so large. But like you felt like you could feel it moving even though we probably really weren't feeling <laughs> or maybe we were just on more choppy waters at that time. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, it felt as if we had taken a gummy like it was super worth it anyway. So not only was the Triumph a floating city at sea, but it actually had a great city's theme to the ship. The dining room was Paris themed and there was a Rome lounge and even a Rio themed club. I would love that. That does sound super fun. That's kind of like a little mini Epcot on a ship. Yeah. So the cruise started out like any other. The guests were having a good time and enjoying their vacation. They actually made it all the way out to Cozumel, you know, had their day at Cozumel, and then they had turned around and they were on their way back. But at 5.16 a.m. on Sunday, February 10th, things took a turn for the worst. The ship's fire alarm began blaring and passengers were woken up. Passengers on the lower levels of the ship are said to have left their stateroom to find the hallways filled with smoke. With no direction or information from the crew, many passengers began heading to their muster stations. A muster station is where you go on a ship in case of an emergency. There are typically many different muster stations on a ship, and your particular muster station is usually decided by where your stateroom is on the ship. It's a point where you're supposed to be able to get to pretty quickly. So at this point, as people were panicking and putting on life jackets at their muster station, a voice comes over the intercom and tells the passengers that there was a small fire in the engine room, but that the fire has been put out. There's no need to be at your muster stations at this point, and please return to your staterooms. Okay, cool. Crisis averted. Yeah, it'd be pretty terrifying to wake up to hallways filled with smoke if you're in the middle of the ocean, though. Like, that is pretty scary. Yeah. So what exactly happened? Well, a flexible fuel hose in engine number six failed, spraying fuel all over engine number six, causing generator six to catch fire. It almost seemed like they used engine and generator um, interchangeably in some of the articles that I read. So I don't know if it was a generator or engine or if they're kind of like lumped together, Um, Hmm. but causing generator six to catch fire. The crew members who went into the engine room claim that the fuel hose was spraying fuel five to six meters high. That's like 15 to 18 feet. Like that is really high. That's a lot of fuel just going everywhere. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, and gross. Fuel to the engine was cut off uh, and the fire was contained and quickly put out. However, the engine room sustained serious damage. 
After the announcement asking passengers to return to their staterooms, the power went out, leaving the ship in total darkness, except for the emergency lights. Not only did the ship's lights go out, but also the AC, water system, propulsion system, and stability system, which will be important later. Okay, this would actually be pretty scary, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's stressful enough when you're just, like, at home and the power goes out. I don't know. Maybe it would be less stressful because you have a lot of people around you. It would still be pretty scary just knowing that you're, like, out in the middle of the ocean. Because, right. like That's what makes it really scary. Especially at night. Like, your ship is, like, almost completely dark except for the emergency lights. And you, like, look out on the ocean and it's just darkness. And I would just immediately feel like I'm on the Titanic. Yeah, like so, it, this would definitely be a nightmare. Like yeah. you would definitely be panicking at this point. Um, and those like interstate rooms are like super dark. And I wonder if they have, I, I'm assuming they have to have emergency lights in every single room. Um, so maybe they had a little bit of light, but even usually the emergency lights provide very minimal light. So it's got to be pretty dark on the ship at this point. Yeah, I would just be afraid of like anything that could potentially happen. Like, especially if it was a situation where I didn't know what was going on yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I would just imagine the worst. Yeah. And these people had no idea what was going on at this point because they've been told that the fire's contained, go back to your staterooms, and then just boom, the power goes out. Yeah. And that's really the worst part of it. So the passengers aboard were receiving very little information about what was going on at this point, but they were now stranded at sea. During this time, guests that needed to use the bathroom quickly discovered that the water systems were not working. This is when passengers received another announcement that the crew would be distributing red biohazard bags to all the guests and ask them to use the bags if they needed to go number two. Okay, no, this is, I'm just thinking like, this is like when you're on a plane and they tell you to like bring out the oxygen masks. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're telling you to it's poop like in bags. That's not a good sign. <laughs> And then if they needed to pee, they were told to do so in the shower. Once the biohazard bags were used, they were told to discard them into bins out in the hallway. And so there are literally pictures online of just bins full of these red biohazard bags that are just full of human waste. Okay, that is the quickest way to ruin the entire vacation. Yeah. You can't unsee that. Um, I mean, you wouldn't smell it, would you? With oh it in yeah, the you bags. would definitely, you would definitely. Okay, smell. well then you could never unsee that, and you could never unsmell that. Yeah, and um, <laughs> a lot of guests reported uh, because the water systems weren't working, um, but they still had to eat food that was like prepared, prepared, and things like that. And so a lot of guests claimed to have gotten food poisoning. So not only were there already bags full of human waste, but also just diarrhea and vomit yeah. as well. Yeah. So absolutely disgusting. Yes, I can. See the picture that you're painting very clearly in my mind. Yeah. And there are um, pictures of like these red bags and bins and um, Tent City, which is something that we're going to talk about in just a minute here. Um, and we'll have some pictures of that that we'll post like on our Instagram. Okay. So remember how I said the AC also went out? Well, of course, in the Gulf of Mexico, that made the staterooms with no circulating air extremely hot. Originally, the cruise ship was supposed to be towed to the nearest point in Mexico, which posed a big issue for thousands of passengers, most of which did not have passports and would need to make it back to the United States. And they're potentially sick. Yes. However, 
By the time rescue boats made it to the vessel, it had drifted 90 miles further north. So that's another thing is like when you're stranded in the ocean, like you're not just sitting there like it's the boat still moving, which like makes rescue attempts even harder because like they have to be able to find your location and things like that. And so if you're just like drifting away, it makes it harder and harder to find you. So the boat had drifted about 90 miles further north. So Carnival made the decision to tow it to Mobile, Alabama. This would add an additional two days to the trip. So these people are stranded with no power, no AC, no working water system, no propulsion, no stability control on the boat, and they're adding an extra two days to the trip to tow them to Alabama. I'm imagining how stressful it would be for us without all of the other stuff, like if it was just delayed by a couple of days. Yeah. Because we had already paid for our flight. I think it might have been non-refundable, mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. And missing extra work. We our, don't get paid time off. We have dogs, so our dogs were at like a um, uh, a doggy daycare. Very expensive one, too. Uh, yeah, very expensive one. And like these people weren't able to like communicate with their loved ones or anything like that either. Um, so you, as far as they know, you just didn't come back. Yeah, well... A lot of this stuff will, was being covered on the news, but like with no power, you know, people's phones die okay. and things like that. Like you only have so much communication okay. before every device is just dead. Um, and also, I don't know with the power going out, I'm assuming Wi-Fi and stuff went out. So they and you don't get cell reception in the middle of the ocean. So they probably weren't able to contact their families at all. Honestly, um, I didn't look for sure at that, but I know some of them said that they weren't able to contact them. So yeah, I'm guessing Wi-Fi and all that stuff was out. So they had no way of contacting their families, but it was being covered on the news. So their families at least knew that they were like alive. Um, but for some people, they were really worried that their loved ones wouldn't make it back alive. Cause it's like, they could see on the news. Yeah. They're alive right now, but the conditions are really bad and we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And just imagine what the people on the ship were thinking. Like they must've been so stressed. Exactly. So as I mentioned previously, the stability control in the ship was also compromised due to the fire. So as waves hit the boat, the boat would jostle and tilt side to side. This paired with backed up toilets from passengers that had previously used them before they were informed that the sewage system was down resulted in waste pouring from the toilets and flooding the staterooms and hallways. Well, that's a shit show if I ever did hear of one. (laughs) Pun intended. (laughs) This paired with the extreme heat of the AC being down caused guests to start pulling their mattresses out of their staterooms and onto the pool decks where sheets were hung up for shade and resulted in the infamous photos of Tent City, which, like I said, we'll share over on our Instagram. The crew tried their best to keep guests as calm and happy as possible given the situation. One night, they decided to open the bar to all guests completely for free, but giving a bunch of angry, hot, and scared passengers unlimited alcohol may not have been the best idea. It is said that some guests got super plastered and started making a scene. One account mentioned a man that became extremely aggressive and had to be taken away by the crew. I wonder if that man was just Dude, like never seen again. What is like what is going through the crew's minds right now? Like they're at work and this is happening. Yeah, I mean, they definitely don't want to be here. They're probably just as terrified as everyone else. And they have to be the ones to like keep it together too. Yeah, and imagine if like this was their first like cruise on the job, you know? Like this was yeah, their this first is shift. Their- this is their 
very first shift. Yeah. And they're like, is it is it always like this? Well, I hope they got paid handsomely for this. I have no idea. I did not look to see if there was additional compensation for the employees. I mean, I'm sure like they had to work extra hours for the extra day. So I'm sure they were paid for that. But I did. I didn't actually think to look to see if the crew got any bonuses or anything like that. But they deserved extra financial compensation and therapy. As we'll see from some of the things that happened with the passengers later on, I'm going to guess that the answer is no. They didn't get additional compensation, but we'll get to that. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves. So like I said, many guests reported uh, food poisoning and a lot of them even reported like respiratory infections once they got home from the unsanitary conditions. On the last day, Carnival tried to make it a special event by serving a surf and turf meal to the guests. But some reported the food as looking gray and disgusting. A special event. Yeah. Yeah. No, just keep listening. (laughs) I love that. This next part, it's worse. Guests were also informed that they had to return their mattresses to their staterooms because Carnival didn't want a bad look as the ship was towed into port. Huh? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? There was definitely enough negative publicity around the situation and pictures of tent cities and the red bags. So I honestly have no idea why they made the guests do this, like walk through sewage filled hallways and rooms to return their match. Like, fuck you, Carnival. There's, Y'all should have done that shit yourself. And there's nothing to salvage at this point. Yeah, like their, reputation. their reputation is destroyed. They're going to make the passengers do all that for what? <laughs> for no fucking reason. Just to be assholes. So from what I found, there were only two people that were actually evacuated from the ship. And one of them was a woman who urgently needed dialysis. So like you were talking about how like stressful it would be just like missing your flight and like missing days off work. I mean, this lady was missing a dialysis treatment that she needed to keep living. Yeah. So any medication that you need. Yeah. That that's actually a pretty good tip. If you go on vacation, maybe like bring extra medication in case you get stranded. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people already know this, but it's just now occurring to me. (laughs) Yeah. I had never even thought about it. Like even writing out the story, I didn't think about it. So I'm glad you said that. So the woman who needed dialysis, um, she was, taken by the Coast Guard onto another ship and taken to Mexico for dialysis. Uh, Everybody else had to endure a whopping five days on the Carnival Poop Cruise from Hell after it lost power. (laughs) Is it officially called that? Um, It's officially called the Carnival Poop Cruise. (laughs) Uh, I just think it's funnier to add the from, from hell, hell part. Uh, I saw I actually saw that in like a YouTube video. That's what somebody like titled their video. And I'm like, yep, yeah, that totally fits. I love that. <laughs> so Carnival's solution was to refund the passengers with a 100% cruise credit. I'm sure they were all in such a hurry to get on another cruise ship. Exactly. Exactly. Like, why the hell would you do that? They were just looking back on their time, imagining... The sights, the sounds, the smells, and just thinking, I would love to do this again. Yeah, for sure. Um, And they also gave them an additional $500 cash. So at least they forked over a little cash. But honestly, they should have been 100% refunded in cash plus the 500 cash because that's fucking ridiculous. Like, who would ever want to cruise with you again after having endured this? Oh, I actually, (laughs) I didn't read the line that I had actually written, but what I actually wrote in here was, who would want to cruise with Carnival again after having experienced this shit show, pun intended? (laughs) 
but I beat you to it. Yeah, you got me earlier on. (laughs) So this was just a one-time unlucky fire, right? Well, no. It turns out that a Miami lawyer found that experts at a congressional hearing about crew safety tallied 79 cruise fires between 1990 and 2011. And the lawyer said he found another 11 between 2011 and 2013, totaling 90 fires on cruise ships in a 23-year span. He believes that this comes from cruise lines pushing their staff to work months straight with no days off, and they push their ships even harder than they push their staff. Yeah, I've heard a lot of sketchy things about cruises in general. And like, I we go on cruises. That doesn't mean I support this. I just feel like a cruise is a really like cheap and easy vacation. But I also hate this about it. Exactly. Like, at this point in cruising history, like, they definitely were, they had lobbied for a bunch of laws that really like lowered cruising standards um, and basically abused that. And I mean, they still somewhat do that to this day. I hope that standards have at least improved somewhat, but things still happen quite a bit on cruises. I feel like it's got to be super invasive to the marine environment. And just think about how much fuel they're emitting. Yeah, I wonder how many animals are like killed by the rudders of cruise ships every year. It's probably a lot. Yeah, it's got to be a pretty high number. If I had thought about that while I was writing this out, I would have looked it up. (laughs) The year before the Triumph disaster, another carnival cruise ship, the Costa Concordia, actually went down off the coast of Italy and dozens of people lost their lives. Carnival also had many other cruises lose power due to fires. The Carnival Ecstasy caught fire in 1998, blacking out the entire ship. But luckily, it was still in sight of the Port of Miami when it lost power. The next year, the Tropical Fire left passengers stranded in the Gulf of Mexico for two days with a tropical storm approaching. In 2006, Star Princess caught fire, which was operated by a subsidiary of Carnival, Princess Cruises, and damaged over 100 staterooms and resulted in one death due to smoke inhalation. So is this why you chose Royal Caribbean for us? Yeah, but Royal Caribbean has also had their um, their share of fires as well. I'm sure. I, I didn't really look too much into Royal Caribbean, um, but one of the articles that I was like skimming through for writing out this script did mention that shortly after the poop cruise, uh, Royal Caribbean actually had a fire like a couple weeks later, um, but I didn't look too much into that one. It probably got like buried in the news. Yeah, because it probably wasn't as bad as this one. So this one was like taking uh, center stage. Their PR team was just like snickering in the background. Then there was the Carnival Splendor that caught fire in 2010, leaving thousands stranded off the coast of Mexico for days before finally being towed to San Diego. So were these a series of just unfortunate fires or is there more to it than that? Well, as it turns out, in both December 2012 and January 2013, leading up to the Triumph disaster, the Triumph ship had already had significant issues and multiple times was unable to make it to its Cozumel destination, as the ship was moving too slowly due to engine issues. Guests in December and January were notified upon boarding that they would not be making it to Cozumel and that they would instead be going to Progreso which honestly sounds like a soup, 
but it has one S instead of two. I think the suit brand has two S's. So there were clearly already existing issues. However, Carnival claims that the ship was repaired on February 2nd and that these former issues had nothing to do with the February 10th fire. My question is, if they knew that there were issues in December, why were they not repaired till February while they were still doing cruises? I feel like safety should be your number one concern if you're a cruise company. Yeah, for real. Just wait. (laughs) Just wait. So there were lawsuits over this, obviously. And a judge did rule that Carnival was responsible for damages caused by the fire and the conditions on board due to negligence. However, the same judge also ruled that Carnival did not guarantee passengers a safe voyage and thus did not have to pay punitive damages to people who claimed to be hurt on the voyage because their contract with the passengers was not broken. Because they can't guarantee safety? Yeah, it says in the contract. Even though this was something that was in their control? In their contract, it does say that they do not guarantee a safe voyage, they do not guarantee sanitary conditions, and they do not um, guarantee, like, um, safe food either, like... They have they give you like no guarantees. So like you're basically like taking a risk when you go on a cruise. Well, I was waiting for you to tell me who's in prison over this, but now I have absolutely no hope. The judge says that Carnival claims that there was no wrongdoing and the plaintiffs failed to provide sufficient evidence of intentional misconduct. However, Generator 6 that ended up catching fire was said to be over a entire year overdue for maintenance. So no intentional wrongdoing, just negligence is what the judge said. We already know our justice system is completely useless. Yeah. So in total, Carnival was forced to pay out a whopping, and I say that sarcastically, $118,500 to 27 plaintiffs out of the 3,200 people that were on board. Three were given $15,000 each, and the other 24 got varying amounts that averaged less than $3,000 each. After lawyer costs and fees, and considering that they had to travel to Florida for the case and pay for their own lodging, most, if not all of the plaintiffs, probably lost money on this case. Yeah, I... In my opinion, just having to pay for a lawyer means that you're having to pay to get the law enforced in your favor. And it's so sickening. And half the time it doesn't even work anyway. That's one good thing about the lawyers who are like, oh, we win your case or it's free. But like, I mean, in this case, they for these 27 plaintiffs, they did kind of win the case. But like, it still resulted in basically nothing. I hate it here. And also, um, this was wrapped up, like, I believe it was, like, two years after uh, the cruise itself. So, like, this case was wrapped up in, like, 2015. So, they had been fighting this case for, like, two years. And that's a lot of work. That's a huge mental and emotional toll. Yeah. For the most to be awarded was $15,000. Like, that's insane. A little bit of a silver lining here. Carnival did still lose a lot of money over the next year for people not wanting to book cruises. Um, Some cruises, like some staterooms, were renting out for as little as $40 a night. Oh, I love that. That's good. But they were still in business and they were still doing cruises. Like they were still getting 
getting their cruise ships full, even if they had to lower their prices, which kind of sucks. Ugh, I wish they would have taken much more of a financial hit for this because as the judge said, it was complete negligence on their fault, like on their part, like it could have been completely avoided. So what happened to the triumph itself? Well, while the passengers got paid out $118,000, the ship itself got a $200 million remodel and was renamed the Carnival Sunrise and is still operating to this day. Funny enough, it actually had an AC malfunction in July of this year, 2023, causing cabin temperatures to reach up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. And Carnival's solution was to offer its guests a 50% refund and buckets of ice to keep cool. So they're still clowning, even in 2023. Yeah. Carnival, you're going to jail. (laughs) No, they're not. Because they're based in the Bahamas where they can get away with a lot. If I have any say, you're going to jail. You know what? That's why. That's why they're international. So that they can get away with this shit. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are saying that like cruise ship should have something similar to the, um, what is it called? The FCC for like planes. Is that what it's called? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't remember what it's called. But whatever regulatory agency it is that like oversees like airplanes. Because like. If a plane goes down, there's a major investigation. But like if a cruise ship goes down, not really that much gets done. Like they fill out a report and like there was like an actual report and I scrolled through it and everything, but like nothing was really done about it. I did see that Carnival invested, you know, a few hundred million dollars to like update their engines and safety and stuff on their ships. But it's like you could have done that before these things happened. Like all the signs were there, like the ship was having issues it should have never should have never taken off and yeah these things are really bad when they happen and then like they kind of just get brushed under the rug in the news cycle and it's like if i was looking to book a cruise today and i didn't know anything about any of the companies i might book a carnival cruise just not knowing any of this yeah um and one of the things that actually popped up while i was doing the research for this yesterday was there's actually a cruise ship that got grounded off of the coast of Greenland yesterday. Like it literally just happened yesterday. And they said that the nearest rescue boat is like a thousand miles away. So these people are probably going to be stranded for days. Oh man. So I I don't know how that's going to turn out. Like I said, it just broke the news yesterday, but I came across that while I was doing my research. But that's it for our story on the carnival poop cruise from hell. I think the funniest thing would be after doing all this research, if you start getting a whole bunch of carnival ads. <laughs> that <laughs> Let would me be, know when that starts that happening. That would be funny. I mean, will. I do get emails from Royal Caribbean all the time because like I'm a Crown and Anchor Society member, even though we've only been Ooh. on one cruise. But it would be funny to start seeing a bunch of carnival ads after this. You're right. I didn't even think about that, but that would be hilarious. Anytime I see an ad for a company that I hate, I just report it as scam and it never... <laughs> It never amounts to anything. Yeah. But it's really cathartic to do it. So. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do is leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. And if you have any kind of story or case that you want us to cover that you want to send in, you can send those in to be careful out there podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and be sure to give us a follow if you want to hear a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And as always, be Be careful careful out there. there.